that does it. And uh, well, good morning. We have for today at the Republican professor, Ms. Dr. Shannon Holzer at Houston Baptist University has agreed to join us. Welcome, Shannon. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Shannon and I go way back. Uh, I've been married for a quarter century, and I've known Shannon even longer than that. And I'm, I'm only 27, so I met you when you were, I was two. We, you were a Bible study leader. <laughs> That's right. At Hope Chapel, Kaneohe. <laughs> yeah. Shannon had a Shannon had uh, <laughs> he had this great and I don't say this very often, but he had a ponytail and uh, he played the guitar and he looked like a surfer dude and he had been stationed at Marine Corps Base Kaneohe. I actually went to college on that Marine Corps station. <laughs> One of the classes I took was state and federal government, which I later got a PhD in. <clears throat> it's kind of funny. Anyway, you the professor, I don't remember his name, but I remember him, but I just don't remember his name. I, I have the syllabus somewhere. I just, oh. I'm still, I'm still in, I'm still traumatized by the second amendment uh, section that we had. That was before Heller and the, yeah. the, the textbook was a disaster. It was a freaking disaster. But anyway, um, <laughs> Shannon, uh, Shannon served in the United States Marine Corps. Thank you for your service, brother. He's been a pastor. He has, I don't know how many degrees. He's got a PhD from Baylor University from the Church State Institute, which is just the top in the nation. It's the top in the world, probably in church state studies uh it's got a he's got a cool phd religion politics and society i believe it is right and yeah, he had a yeah. bunch of he had a bunch of philosophers very famous philosophers on his committee so he's got a background of philosophy he's taught philosophy for a long time he taught in the k through 12 system in crazy california and now he's holding it down at houston baptist university so welcome yeah uh, thanks for having me again yeah, that was uh, your suggestion, if I recall. Uh, I was making a decision. Uh, one of my professors wanted me to go into entertainment law after my degree at uh, Talbot. And then uh, I was considering all these different PhD programs like Purdue. And I was thinking about going to uh, California, not California, uh, Florida State. And <clears throat> I was going to learn that, uh, go there. That would have been pretty fun too. Uh, and I was just going to go straight philosophy. And then you said, look, you got to see this thing. This guy, Francis Beckwith, which we had already known. They're like, um, you got to go learn under this guy at the Dawson Institute for church state studies to Baylor. And I was like, well, I got family in Baylor. And I think you used the word sexy to describe the degree. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's kind of sexy. I don't know, man. It's pretty cool looking. And so, sounds like something I would have said. Yeah, you know, for sure. And so, uh, I uh, Francis Beckwith just happened to come into town, and he kind of talked to me. We sat down and had coffee, and he says, "Yeah, this is a it's kind of a political philosophy degree. You're into that stuff." And uh, J.P. Moreland was like, "Dude, I think that's your thing." And I just said, "Yeah, I think yeah. that's my thing." So I ended up uh, going, moved away, go, and uh, then I came back a couple of years. Yeah, like you said, and I did teach some K through twelve when I was ABD. And uh, then I just finally went back and finished my uh, dissertation and 
here I am. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I didn't realize there was so much connectivity between you two before oh, we yeah. all got to Talbot. That, that's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, before. Okay, keep going. You can tell it. Well, I was going to, I'm probably not going to tell the same story that you were going to tell, but I, I was going to say that Shannon is probably. probably responsible for me for four of the degrees that I have. Uh, <laughs> two undergrad because uh, we went to the yeah. same little Baptist college in Hawaii, uh, Wayland, Wayland Baptist, Baptist University. Yeah. And, and you were the only one I knew that was going there at the time from, from high school. And then I later knew somebody at work that was going there and then I checked it out and it was good. It was actually really quality education. This is a really balanced quality education. And I, uh, today I, I, I still use a lot, you know, I guess, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and and it was, it was from it. yeah, all over the island. Uh, took classes, at, at, like I said, on the Marine Corps Station, Hickam Air Force Base. I was living at the time at Wheeler Army Airfield in the Navy barracks. Don't try to figure this out. Yeah, but it's across from Schofield Barracks, which is on uh, the film From Here to Eternity. If you know old films, I was asking my wife. Don't say her name, by the way. But I was asking my wife. Um, uh, do you know when we were watching from here to eternity, I, I said, do you recognize that base? And she, she said the Schofield barracks. And I said, yeah, that trained you well, girl. I trained you well. Now get back in the kitchen. No, but, um, but, but uh, what were, what story were you going to say? Um, well, it wasn't as good as that one. No, uh, it was, it was funny. Cause, you know, you're right. Uh, it goes both ways you're like i'm responsible for your degrees well you know in the same vein you you're responsible for several uh of the turns i took so before luke was ever um getting an undergrad he was already looking into seminary degrees and uh, he had all these degrees and i'm looking at i remember it's like northeastern like oh it's in the research triangle and i'm like oh yeah that sounds cool too and uh, you had just these stacks of course catalogs from them, uh, from all these seminars. And, and uh, you had this one from Talbot. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this is where your boy goes. And he was referring to William Lane Craig because I was into, you know, watching all these debates on VHS tapes. You know, <laughs> <That's> uh, <right. laughs> William Lane Craig VHS on VHS, you know. And I had his book, Reasonable Faith. And I was like, yeah, that guy's cool. And Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, and this guy Moreland's there, and he introduced me to scaling the secular city. And so from there, um, I was like, ah, I can't afford that because I remember Luke said, yeah, the students drive better cars than the professors do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, JP Moreland actually was on the island. He used to teach a course oh, yeah, at this yeah, yeah. school called uh, the Graduate In International. International graduate. Yeah, yeah. It was it was actually at our church. It was actually at our church. Yeah. We went to International Baptist Church. It was upstairs. Yeah, that's right. And so uh he was in town. He'd give a two-week course on apologetics. And I I I snuck in and I didn't pay, you know. I just you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh I talked to JP afterwards. I said, Hey JP, um I, I want to go, but man, it's just seems so expensive and he said two words he said just go and that <laughs> yeah. was good enough sounds like it sounds like something <laughs> yeah he said just go and i said okay i go and so i packed up uh sold everything uh i had and uh moved out to california and this was because luke had that you know um 
course catalog. I swear I had, I got one myself, oh. you know, and I had every course already circled and books, you know, bought before I even was accepted there. And I got there. And so if it weren't for Luke, I wouldn't have gone to Talbot and I wouldn't have gone to Baylor probably either. I probably would have mm. gone to Florida state. Yeah. So very interesting. Um, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And yeah, I got to, to go to Wayland, uh, so I'll take credit for that. I got a T-shirt out of that. I used to get what? a T-shirt for everybody I got, you know, in. Yeah. You know, Wayland Baptist T-shirt. They're like twenty T-shirts. Hey, they that. have, they have, they have cool T-shirts now. You should get one. Oh, yeah? They have the All cool. Right, yeah, it's got the islands on it, and it's got it's it's cool, and it, they have a cool. Uh, I don't. I'm not drinking out of it, but they have a cool. Um, mug? I, sh- I should have drank drank out of that mug this morning. What the hell am I doing? I, did, I was drinking out of it yesterday. Anyway, they have a cool, the same logo on there with the islands and some Hawaiian stuff. <laughs> but um, so yeah, um, so now you're at Houston Baptist, and um, tell us about the kind of courses you teach there. Uh, right now, I'm in the government department and uh, or the poli sci, which changed names. I uh, figured it'd be better to attract students. Uh, but I also teach uh, over the last 15 years I've primarily taught philosophy. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. cool. so, so I've primarily taught philosophy. Uh, I taught for a while at uh, McClendon Community College, taught their philosophy courses and their courses on Christian history and scripture. That's and in Waco, right? That's in Waco. And I taught logic and I taught, uh, you know, intro to philosophy and ethics. So I had about, you know, a great set of, you know, courses there, great students. I taught there for a long time. Then I moved, um, taught world history at, uh, at Glendale uh, High School, history, politics, and economics. That was fun. Um, there's there's and, not a lot of Calvinists there. It's more, mostly Armenians, right? Yeah. Ar- at, yes. at <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Three seminary so, people can get that, and then if you don't know LA, you're just not going to get it. So, yeah, you got to know our. Yeah, you got to know LA, and you got to know theology for that. You got to know some basic geography. Yeah, that's just, yeah. So we uh, after that I came back, and I uh, I had to start over, and I started working um, in Houston, trying to doing the adjunct thing, and I was working at I worked at University of St. Thomas teaching philosophy, and so I taught. Um, ancient medieval and modern uh, have you ever have you ever just sat down and one day and just counted the number of of college courses you've taught no i mean the number of most people don't section uh, the course titles yeah because it's listed on but this is no no i I mean i mean the semester courses yeah and every time if every cohort of student yeah well, the irony is, you know, as a full-time professor, I teach yeah. less, I teach less classes now and um, mm-hmm. make more money than when I taught as an adjunct. I, I could guess I could teach. <laughs> that's a, it's Christian. That's a Christian flip off because it, I know. That's, how, that's how Jesus did it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's horrible, man. And yeah, let me tell you something, at least. Uh, you know, I'll say at least in California, the adjuncts make a little more money, but uh, that, that's in, true. In Texas, they are, um, yeah, they are taken advantage really badly. It's criminal. The private schools are, yeah, yeah it is. It, the, the public ones are so like yeah. Lone Star and HCC. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. horrible. Um, yeah. However, uh, you know, and HBU is much better. Uh, McLennan Community College is great. I mean, you not only, I mean, I'm saying it's great, but you know, um, you got paid a decent. You were full time there for a while, right? For a while, yeah. But I, yeah, I remember off. going in your office and being all, ooh, ah. um well hey let's uh let's uh transition a little bit to any topic that you want and you you bring it up well you know we were talking about it and we thought about uh talking about the contemporary student versus the students we originally encountered when we started this gig yeah and how they you know our our experiences with um with them now versus our experiences with them then mm-hmm. and has there been a change mm-hmm. um and, and what what do they look like now and mm-hmm. i mean going back to your question a few minutes ago have you ever counted the number of courses you've taught mm-hmm. no but i could tell you my the student count is in the thousands mm-hmm. and and so you go i have a data set here of thousands of students Mm-hmm. spread out over years and geographically and geographically yes yeah. that's right yeah yeah um I, and we and i have both um four-year university students and i have community college students yeah and i noticed it and i i have taught mm-hmm. nighttime students versus daytime students upper uh-huh. level course versus lower level courses yep. private versus public Private versus public. And so rural versus urban. Rural versus urban for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, diverse versus monolithic or homogenous, yeah. call it. Mm-hmm. Homo- yeah. And yeah. So yeah, I get different stories. Um, you know, the classes themselves, some classes are better than others. And, and yeah, I, I always that's why. Always. And, um, and by same, better, same section, same, same exact course, same semester, different day. And you could have night and day, night and day. Yeah. yeah. And is it, is it dependent on you or on them? I mean, I know, uh, if, if the problems are the same with every class over the years, the only thing that hasn't changed is me. It's the same professor, right. You know, right, unless right. Changed, you know, ways I do things, but I mean, that's one variable. Let me let me uh, let me jump in there. Um, I have counted the number of courses that I have taught. Yes, 185 at at eleven schools at eleven colleges, universities, community college, uh, big state universities, private Christian colleges, and then on the private Christian colleges from allegedly conservative, whatever that means to allegedly liberal, whatever that means. Liberal just typically means it's illiberal. Yeah. Ironically. Um, Yes. (laughs) And, and um, I've, and and in poor areas and in very rich areas, I've taught in Malibu and I've taught in West Los Angeles, which are fairly upscale areas. Uh And then I've taught in gangland USA. Mm-hmm. where I've got homies coming in, in just out of jail, wanting me to sign st- stuff for the judge, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I have a, a, a fairly rich data set just in terms of, of Southern California. 
absolutely. And I've, I've just discovered that, you know, it's not, I think professors and teachers take too much on about the, the responsibility it's on the yeah. student. It's on the student and the parents too, right? It's a two way street. And I, once I stopped blaming myself for every little thing that went wrong, I was not only happier, but I also could hold the students feet to the fire better. And I stopped inflating grades as much. And I noticed that's really what the, the, I uh, started noticing the system, the system is designed to inflate grades because of the oh, incentive structure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, anyway, so tell me about your new students, like versus the old, what, what do you notice? Um, well, let me tell you before that, my experience as a student versus a professor. Yeah. I, as a student would get mm -hmm. grades. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't like the grade, my first reaction was, I need to get better. I need to work on this. I took it. I, I it, it hit me as the person being responsible for what do this, I need to fix? Right. This, this mark that I don't like, why yeah. am I getting this exactly? Um, <clears throat> Curtis is an expert at that. Curtis uh, took uh, how long, how many times did you take uh, logic at Biola with chocolate? Yeah, I, I, I took logic three times. Chalky. <laughs> all with chalky. And I was I, a, I got you know a that class. I got a I got a D and then a C and then an A. Nice. <laughs> I was like, nice. okay, I got it. I finally got this. Now I can move on to the next thing. But isn't that lovely? His attitude, Curtis's attitude. He didn't blame Chalky. Oh right. no, it was never his fault. Uh, it, yeah. It no. was like, okay, what do I need? I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna in fact, figure it in out. fact, in my case, I would say Chalky was my inspiration. I think Chalky. If, if any one man inspired me and made me rise, it was the professor that I couldn't mm -hmm. measure up to. And I just wanted to get better and better and better. And it was, it was my, like you're saying, Shannon, it was my problem. I right. took that responsibility. Here, here's a great example. I handed in the same paper uh, in, in, as an undergrad to two different professors. I asked permission to do it. They allowed me to do it. Well, one of them gave me a B on it. The thing had red marks all over it. Okay. The other one had an A on it and said, nice job. Which one do you think I valued more? Yeah, well, the value, the more valuable one was the B. Yeah. Cause it, it was an accurate reflection of my work. The other one, uh, if, if I just left it at, took it and went, yay and A, um, I wouldn't have improved. I had nothing to improve. And that's was not that, good. Was that graduate or undergrad? undergrad that was dr hal who gave me the b and sounds and like dr yeah and i mean i, I'm I love dr hal i loved him he yeah was so, he was so awesome that was my yeah. experience with David dr Howell. chalky that was my experience yeah. with yep. him he, i could the best David i ever chalky. got for a long yep. time was a b plus that he was, was my it. he was my boss i never took a class from but i i had to lecture for him and i sat in on his classes i graded his, his final exam yeah. and 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 this and I talked to a lot of the students and Chalky is truly a distinguished professor. Oh, absolutely. It's not, it's not on his title, but he is a distinguished, he's absolutely. a true distinguished professor. Is he still he, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm almost certain. That title. Well, he fought, no, he flies under the radar in terms of he, he takes, promoting he himself. Takes he doesn't un, promote himself. Unrefined 
material and turns out an excellent academic product. Yeah. Absolutely. I like to hear. So, yeah. well, okay. So how many of your students do that? How many of your students do that? Uh, see, that's what where I was going to make. I was going to make the contrast yes, with uh, the current model today is there's this attitude about education in general as we've reduced it from a place of education to a place of vocational training, such as we're there to get you, we've reduced it to a trade school. So if you're yes. not putting out people who are, you know, nursing is the big trade right now that all the schools are trying to pump out. And so uh, inevitably I always get somebody trying to get in the nursing program and they come up and they're always telling me, well, I need to get this grade to get into the nursing program. <laughs> so I'm like, so, well, of course you need to get the grade. So what do you do to get, the question isn't whether you need, you need to get the grade. The question is, what do you do to get the grade? Yeah. Uh, what does the grade represent? <laughs> you know, the grades are representing greatness. And uh, what you're asking me is to give you something that rep should represent greatness. Yeah. As though it's just some bureaucratic hoop you have to like, jump through. Like you have a, a rubric, right? And, right. and there's, all, there's like, you know, <clears throat> accuracy, thoroughness, precision, uh, you know, <laughs> citation, ac adequacy, citation, stuff like that. And then on the, on the end of it is, uh, do you need to get into a, a, a nursing program? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to check that box because that's an automatic yeah. A. That's yeah, an right. automatic. Not only is it an A, it's an A plus 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 plus. I have a re recommendation already Vision written letter. for you. I just have to yes. push print, right, and yeah. sign it. And, and that's and that is that's been uh, as as the trend has gone to putting people into the uh, vocational the vocational model of the you know education system uh and saying they need to get a certain grade level well that inflates grades it, it puts a lot of pressure sure on the professor how does now, it how does it put pressure on the professor because that's what a lot of people don't understand they don't well, the, a lot of people don't understand what it's like to be a professor well there's two reasons well there's three reasons mm -hmm. one you want to see your students succeed okay mm-hmm and so there's a sense of if you, it, it just it's hard to give them a D and F or something like that or something. Now it's even harder to give them a C. Um, two, the 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 pressure from the student tugging at your heartstrings, or I'm not going to get to the program, or this, you know those types of things. Uh, but the third thing is uh, administratively, when the administration you, you know that all your peers. Are given the same marks and then you know that they're going to go well why is this guy mm -hmm. uh why are all his students only getting b's and c's what's mm -hmm. the problem with this yeah. when all the other students get a's and b's and sure. mostly a's and this class, must be your fault it must yeah. be because yeah. it's not the students getting accurately sure. assessed yeah it's you're either making it too hard you're grading too yep. hard they're not or they're not learning the exact same material yeah. that they're learning in the other class so you're not teaching them correctly so as sure. yeah. so that yeah. they could pass the same we need test. to we need to have a, a more closer micro microscope on you now you must be something yeah yeah that, that, that's and, what and always way, killed nobody me even has the same, nobody, nobody no has no no the same. well it comes we, out we, if you we challenge it, it it will come out if you challenge it and you'll see what happens you'll see what happens there is a lot of a lot of people don't understand the way the structure is of the university and schools, the way it used to be back when my family founded Harvard and Yale, like, you know, the, the Mathers and 
I'm just keeping track of time. So every 10 minutes, my alarm goes up. So we're now in between 20 and 30 minutes now. Okay. So the, they used, they didn't have a huge administration. They had uh, teachers, they had the president of Harvard increase Mather was a president of Harvard when cotton was a student there <clears throat> at 11 years old, by the way, studying Hebrew, Greek, and Latin and logic and rhetoric at 11 years old. Of course, he didn't have an iPad. So, you know, <clears throat> but, um, but they didn't have a dean or anything like that. So now there's a cadre of six figure bureaucrats. They don't yeah. teach. What do they do? They sit around waiting for complaints. And then when a complaint comes, then they focus and channel their energy on faculty that don't make near that much and are just trying they, and faculty that oftentimes have no idea. Am I going to have a job next semester? I've worked for 11 years to have this training to be able to impart this material that I'm very excited about and I've given my life to. Right. By yes. the way, my student can't put down his damn phone for 45 minutes right. in the classroom. Yes. And they want to, you know, they're complaining they got a B minus instead of a C plus. That's correct. Yes. That's really what we're talking about. That's really what right. we're talking about. So you have a six figure uh, health insured person that's job is to just kind of, you know, peer in and it, it can be very intimidating even to come under the a gaze of such uh, an intimidating bureaucracy, right? Now, here's something so, interesting. I don't, you know, with, with this is both my experience. I, I've had uh, different experiences, but some of the schools are very good about just um, letting you do your job, right? And you don't, you depends know, depends on the people. Depends on the people right. there at that time. But then you go to certain other schools. Yeah, and they're just like looking right over you, and sure. they want to micromanage what you. So uh, right. I think where I'm at right now, it's a very, very you know nice and hands off. And but um, praise God, yeah, it's good for the students. It's actually good for the students. Anything that yeah. causes the students to work harder is good for the students. Yeah, that that's yeah. A, the same thing is happening in the military. I, are you, you know, keeping up with what's happening in the Marines? Oh my gosh. Have you kept up with what's happening in the Marines? Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes I've yes, had yes. I had a beer with this guy. He's going to be a Marine recruiter. He's a sergeant. This is Curtis. I think you were there. I was I, there. had a beer with him. I could not believe what he was telling me about the Marine Corps. They they have now a hard time yelling at the, the people. They, 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 there's there's now people that help the recruit. Get there's a complaint the, process. The that you can walk through with your drill, you know, to complain. I, want to hear this drill stuff. I, I just, don't, I don't even want to hear this. This is horrible. So I'm sorry. Just, I don't, <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up, but I'm, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, uh, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> you should file a complaint. You know, what grade, would you, what, what grade would you give me for this? I'd be like, I, I tell you what, I'd be like, it better not be a I'm freaking B minus. Somebody better yell at me right now, you know, not yeah, my and you throw in the pronoun crap. <laughs> you, you throw in all the other political correctness stuff that has nothing to do with academic excellence. And then it just complicates everything. It's like you did not do the reading and you're saying that I didn't call you your pronoun. And then now that's we all know it's because you didn't do the reading. That's really what it is. They're just looking yeah. for any little thing to get what we they want. And they, of course, yep. Oftentimes, this is really what it is. It this is I prefer simple explanations if they account for the most data. 
And so that's why I call it the Republican professor. I say, yeah, you're, you're pissed that the Republicans might win. You're a Democrat. Yes. And that's really the simple explanation. <laughs> that's a yes. simple explanation. And that's, you know, a lot of the Republican professors I've known, they, they get all of a sudden investigated for views they have about a certain virus or, or they didn't use a pronoun or it, they have academic excellence and, the, and they're demanding ac academic excellence from the student and from the Democrat people that are in charge, they, there's nothing about academic excellence and anything they're writing more and more increasingly, there's nothing about academic excellence on the website. It's no. all, uh, there's tons of other stuff on the website. Activism. And understand activism. Yeah. There's nothing about academic excellence. So it's, here's a, um, a lot there. I think uh, what is going on in education is this rise of classes such as gender studies, cultural, uh, you know, studies, ethnic studies. And when you look uh, at the diversity and inclusion, diversity and inclusion, die. Look, die. And, and, Jordan Peterson calls it die. Yes, <laughs> yes. And when you look at the syllabus, in which I have looked at the syllabi on these, act, you actually to it's like a dance class. You can't just take these courses and learn what they're teaching, understand a different viewpoint. Uh, to take these classes, much like a dance class, to take a dance class, one must dance a dance class, right? If you're in a wrestling class, pretend you don't just learn wrestling from watching it. You have to you have to wrestle to wrestle, right? And in the same way, they take mm. these diversity and inclusion classes, these ethnic studies. You must actually be an activist to pass these classes. And of course, mm. you must be an activist in the right way. And yeah, so for the Democratic they're not Party. learning. Yeah, that's correct. They're not learning any. It's a it's a way they use the university system. Yeah. To get these students to be active. Right. for the professor's worldview yeah. you're not going yeah, that's to a the, really good not, point you're not doing stuff for the nra and and by the way you're not protesting this. abortion clinics that's correct yes and if you were that you would fail the class and um i, I think one yeah. of the cancers that is this is this is a cancer on college campuses and this Amen. is what happens when you take these you take a conservative school you could see what's going to start happening as soon as you start getting somebody who's who's sent um who's sentimental towards the, this kind of or um these types of courses these types it, of worldviews then they go we should have these types of classes on campus you know they're just you know classes it, on, it, it's, on it's it's human nature I, I think people want to feel good about themselves they want to feel like i'm a good person i got that from sure. dallas willard dallas right. willard says it, it is an enormous motivation for people to feel like they're a good person yeah, and, and you can explain almost everything you're saying by by that observation that that people have an overwhelming desire to feel good about themselves. I'm a good person. Right. And and the flip side of that coin is the phrase that we've heard before that that the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, yeah. the, the, this is just an interesting political phenomenology that um by the way this is my opinion and it doesn't necessarily reflect any of the uh <laughs> podcasts that i run like the republican professor just want, want you to know so in case i get fired from my own podcast podcast oh i see yes just, just so I, I, but but my, my 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 observation is that that democratic activism 
makes people feel good about themselves more readily than Republican activism, because Democrats have mastered uh, the 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 uh, um, the manipulation of moral reasoning ensconced in politics in American politics. Right. I think Republicans are a little bit better at keeping that those categories not uh, they're they overlap but they're not exactly the same category right yeah so yeah okay well here's kind of something on a side note that maybe it's um the conversation reminds me of this this kind of people love to feel good about themselves and it's kind of like actors you know they think they're yeah. they're they're very self-important people and and i was watching rick uh ricky gervais's uh hosting of the Go- golden globes where mm-hmm. he just mocks That's my favorite them, as he says <laughs> as he says that we all know actors are the most important people yeah. in the world and we're we're just so happy to see all these beautiful people and the good work that's being done by american important surgeons important work pretending yeah. to be somebody else is very important like when meryl streep had the audacity to say you know what what would you watch if it weren't for us yeah. <laughs> Right. real life <laughs> yeah. well I, I i i can always tell they're acting i tell people I, I i sometimes i show films and my my students and i i i would say i can tell they're acting i pause it right away see he's not looking at the camera how the yeah. f do you think i see you there's a camera there obviously i'm, I'm not god i'm not omniscient i'm not omnipotent. Mm-hmm. so and yeah. then they <laughs> Yeah, see, still not looking at the camera. And where's this music coming from? What the hell? I mean, you're yeah. riding on the plane. Kevin Costner is riding on the plane. He's looking with the wolf has has music. Where'd the music <laughs> come from? I don't I, I've walked on the planes many times. I've never heard music like that. Yes, that's Bull- right. You don't have bullshit. I walked out of Finding Nemo because fish don't talk. You've heard I can, about I can home, tell they're acting. You, you've heard about those home entertainment systems that you can set up now where when you walk into a room, you can have your own theme background music like as you make your entrance. <laughs> I did that finding Nemo. I, like that. I did that finding Nemo joke to in a class at Loyola Marymount University. Maybe I should change the names of these. Um, Ignatius Joseph mount university <laughs> anyway it was in west los angeles and the the i would made that comment about finding nemo and ben lassiter was a student in my class and he's a son of john lassiter the founder of pixar and the director and writer of the movie he, he was he laughed and his parents <laughs> sent me a bottle of wine for christmas that year <laughs> apparently they thought That's it was awesome. funny too <laughs> I, and I did it a lot longer. The, I did it a probably inappropriately long. The joke I was like, right. uh, um, if you've ever if you've ever talked underwater, you, that's not what it sounds like. First of all, yeah. you know, and I went on. You know, I had no idea who this kid was. By the way, that's that well. So, funny. so Shannon, um, do you have any ideas about <clears throat> how how is there a way back to? academic excellence or are we just stuck where we are just trying to claw our way to the next paycheck what what, are you pessimistic are you optimistic or a mix yeah in the short term i'm pessimistic 
in the short term, I just think uh, the political powers will continue funding bad programs. People will continue going to these programs. Uh, but the real concern <coughs> is those programs really, it's because we can avoid those programs. We can sit there preach all day that you're not going to get a job in feminist studies. Um, but what we, what we'll see is Curtis says, talk about sensitive, uh, sensitivity training there, there now there's an emerging market in, in, in corporations for people who are, you know, in charge of sensitivity and diversity, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. stuff and where not, not sensitivity to the Republicans though. No, we're talking. It's all, about that's what I mean. Is that it's always a partial description. It's a partial enfor- description. In, in for, yeah, enforcement of uh, sensitivity sorry. to the Democratic Party. That's what it is. You know, and you and I had a conversation back in 2000 um, in, a, in the parking lot at Biola University. Is before I was leaving. It was uh, late at night. I forget why we were in the parking lot of Biola. It's probably a class or something we took. And I was telling you the there's a real problem with Marxism in America. And you went, man, you're real, really concerned about this. And I said, you wait and see, man. They're teaching this stuff today and we're gonna start seeing it in politics tomorrow. I started um, having my students years ago, and I'm talking 15 years ago, compare and contrast the American Communist Party USA's website with the Democratic the DNC's website. That's good. And I asked them, can you see a difference? And they'd come back and they go, oh, yeah, we can see a little difference. And they'd point <laughs> out something. A little difference. But, wow. But they would, but they would show, man, it's really similar. And sorry if I, I've, um, and, and then they, um, as time has gone on over the last 15 years, there is not only no difference, there's, there's just a melding of the two. The Democratic Party nowadays is literally Communist Party USA. I mean, to include Bernie Sanders, to include Sandra Cortez, to include, you know, those, you know, who are in the, quote, squad. And they're all Marxists. They're there 15 years later, and they're loud and proud calling themselves socialists. They're not, they have no problem doing it. And um, can it be changed? Yes. Yeah. The house in the, you know, and it's a big big ship. It's a big ship. So it steers very slowly. It didn't take a day to turn America into what it is today. And it won't take a day to turn it back to where it should be. Yeah. No, that's for sure. I I don't know if you guys, did either of you go to the Acton Institutes that, that they did back in the 90s? I heard about them. I never got a chance to go. There was a there. There was one where I went, and uh, uh, the the prime minister of Estonia, the first prime minister of Estonia after the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, Mart Lar, uh, spoke. And and at that time, I th- this was like I think ninety eight, maybe some maybe ninety nine, somewhere around there. Um, and he he said that there's three, no, four stages to, uh, to the development of communism and that America is it currently in stage three. Yes. And, and that was at that time. And, and he said every, a lot of people, he get he gets a lot of pushback from that at the time. He got a lot of pushback 
And it, he was, I think he was dead on. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I've heard that too. Um, well, there, the, the, the issue with the, the, the leftward drift is, is, a, is an issue with, of the human heart. And, and it goes back to Genesis 3. It goes back to Genesis. Mm-hmm. The first lefty was Satan. That's, and that's not my, th- and the political philosophers have said this for a long time, you know, biblically literate. This is, this is not my thought. I mean, I, I, I read it somewhere. But yeah, it, it's the, it's the, um, you, you could have perfection. You, you could have the, and this is the wonderful thing about being biblically literate is you could have perfection and then find a flaw in it. Some flaw, fine, some fine flaw. And the flaw is, um, it's not, it's not good enough. It's not, it's not, it doesn't meet now a new standard of perfection, which is I'm not God. Oh, I didn't right. have that standard before. I was just a human being. And, and the reality is I'm just a, I'm just a human. I'm just creature. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the, the little thought of, Oh, but you should be the creator. What are you talking about? Right. You yeah, should have, it should be more should be perfect, yeah. but it's not really more perfect. It's, it's not based in reality, this right. new fake but- standard. And then there's destruction. I think the left uh, majors and all the vices, I mean, jealousy is one of them. I mean, and, you know, that, and you look at it and you go, we got to take from the have so we can give it to the have nots. And, and, and you pretend that that is somehow a virtue to take from those who have created and to give to those who have not, to those who have earned something, to those who have not earned something. And somehow you feel like you were somehow one justified in doing so and you're a hero for doing so you've turned a vice into a virtue uh jealousy and then you know you can go all the way down the you know the table of vices from pride to you know to the you know defense of wrath you know burning down cities mm-hmm. you know in the name of your favorite cause and then when somebody has a peaceful protest you know <laughs> Mostly, you know, mostly, peaceful, mostly peaceful, mostly peaceful, but, but like imagine, the, you know, the, the right, they go out there and they do their best to, to behave. They put all their cups in the trash cans as they leave, <laughs> you know, and now, now these are insurrectionists and sure, you know, yeah. The, the lawfare podcast was the lawfare podcast was talking about weaponizing drones how average everyday people could weaponize drones back in 2012 they were talking about this and yeah. uh, and you have the most heavily armed political party in probably uh, history right and 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 what they're doing uh, <laughs> on a certain day is uh you know getting a uh, getting a bit rowdy and now that's yeah. an insurrection <laughs> It's like, uh, no, I think it would have looked differently if it was really an insurrection. You don't understand what you're talking about. That's so, a, yeah. was, you know, it's like, it's like, but main, you know, the, the court, the federal courthouse in Portland is totally bombed and occupied. And that's just, you know, it's just a protest. Mostly peaceful. Yeah. Mostly you know, peaceful. Yeah. The other one cars isn't even mostly, working. you know, violent. It's, you know, absolutely <laughs> without a doubt. Every last grandma there is an insurrectionist yeah Uh, they just also happen to you know be quite forgetful and left all their guns at home right Uh, right got half a million people there 
You know, and I tell people, man, that's the worst insurrection ever led. You know, I will, I will, I will say that Republicans aren't the best at at protesting. I mean, we're we're not we don't have all the practice that the Democrats and socialists do. So, you know, you get them all together and we're like, what do we do? Is this what we're supposed to do? <laughs> like, well, I guess that didn't really work out that well. I mean, we need to practice more. You know, I guess we're not, you know, we, yeah. we thought we did it right. And then, you know, now we're you know in jail now for a long time instead of just, you know, 12 hours like. Kamala Harris has yeah. bailed out people. Yeah, that's right. She's bailing them out. And then, you know, uh, Republicans just let our own rot in jail, you know? I know. And these, these, yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, we could use a little more practice, yeah. So we'll uh, find some more things to protest. <laughs> Shannon, I want to have you on as much as possible talking about all the stuff you're an expert in, because I know you're an expert in tons of stuff, but it's always interesting to hear you talk about students. And I know got to be careful you know because you have current students and you don't want people going are you talking about me you know and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. then you have to say yeah actually i was yeah <laughs> but, you know the funny thing about that is you could describe probably any one type of i just started listing off characteristics mm-hmm. and somehow somebody's going to personalize that and go that's yeah. me yeah, no, he must be talking about I've had thousands of students over my life. And the irony is, if I'm listing off, uh, this is how it hits insecurities. If I'm listing off certain virtues, the student was on time, a beautiful mm-hmm. person, lovely to be around, you know, inquisitive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, punctual, you know. Uh, nobody's going to think a thing. You go, this person had a scowl on their face one day and all of a sudden you get 10 complaints. This guy's talking about me because because people are so insecure. We, we're so focused in on, you know, what's wrong with us and afraid that others notice it too. You know, we've become quite narcissistic in that we, we've pierced through people's facades, you know. It doesn't like, take much. Oh, God, they <laughs> see me as I am. Oh no. You know, we're not we're not stroking their ego. We're actually revealing it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell tell us what you're working on academically. Academically, I've got a couple of things. I just uh, published a highly controversial article that will be coming out soon in Trinity Law Review, and yeah, and it's um, it asks it's natural law, natural rights, hmm. and uh, it's a sequel from Natural Law, Natural Rights, and Same Sex Marriage. Do uh, same sex couples have a right to be married? And this one's a sequel, Natural Law, Natural Rights, and Abortion. Do women have a natural right to an abortion? And then I've just recently, and I um, connected it to uh, the Texas Heartbeat Law. Oh, wow. Very cool. cool. Cutting edge. Yeah, they, you know, you got the general argument up front, and then I throw um, throw the case right there uh, at the end of it. And so that should be coming out uh, in short order, which reminds me, I should probably sign that contract so that they can do that. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing I'm, uh, as you know, and you're part of it, I'm editing a two volume uh, set uh, on religion. It's a handbook for Palgrave. It's the Palgrave handbook of religion and state it used to be church and state because there is more than one world religion. I broadened the thing out include every country in the world oh no um almost man it's crazy i've got oh my gosh. Uh, seven, 72 
chapters in it right now. And uh, I asked Robert Audi several years ago. Robert Audi, um, he edited the uh, Cambridge or Oxford. Let me see. Cambridge. It's Cambridge. It's right behind you. It's that yellow one. Yeah, the Cambridge Dictionary of Philosophy. Or, yep. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, uh, what was... I said, what was that like? And he said, oh, man, don't ever do that. And <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go do so that. So you're, you're doing that now. <laughs> so I go and I, I get the bright idea. I'm going to go edit. A, Sh- edit Shannon, a Shannon there might be people that are watching this that have no idea about the contract. And do you get paid a lot of money for this? They have no mm-hmm. idea. So tell us, do you get paid any money for this at all? when you sign uh, to do all that editing I and mean, you how many millions of dollars are you pulling in from this um oh, at least point zero 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 three million dollars uh so I basically you're doing it, it for free basically right oh yeah i mean given the if you divide, a lot of people don't know that a lot of people don't know that yeah you, you're doing you it get for free point. You get a bullet point on your uh, CV. Yeah. To show <laughs> and how much do you get paid? As soon as you type that bullet point and hit save, how much get goes into your bank account? Nothing, but you get to say, I'm important. I'm important. Yeah. Like see, else, I'm know? trying to educate people about this. I mean, this is, this, yeah. is, this is how professors think is they, they sign away copyright to somebody else and they don't get paid for it. And then they, they go, see, look at me. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not I kidding. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I negotiated a contract with them where I get some um, some residual pay. So as there'll be a percentage of it that comes to me, but it is so ridiculously low. Yeah, uh, that I'll probably literally never see uh, a paycheck because before sure, I ever one, it has to pay for publishing costs. Yeah, of course. So the cost of printing the book is too much. For, yeah, you know, for getting. So yeah, you're right. You um, get more if you self-publish it, but then then people go. This is how people are. They go, "Well, you self-published it, so it doesn't have the same kind of authority. Yeah, it must not be good, you know." Right. So you have well, some you, guy, you know, other guy over there, and he says it's good, so it must be good. And they're right. still here's not going to read the damn thing. Right. And here's the snobbery that goes places. So so I've got uh, you know journal articles in peer-reviewed journals. Uh, right. or you get a law review. Okay. And some people are like, oh, well, that's a law review. It's, it's not peer reviewed, uh, which is funny because then you go, oh, well, I've got this peer reviewed one, which means only two people have read it. Now, journal articles get read a heck of a lot more. And in fact, my last, the last journal article, the one on same sex marriage was used in an amicus brief, uh, that went all the way up to the Supreme court. And so it was referenced in the Supreme court. Uh, case Obergefell v. Hodges, a landmark case, even though uh, we lost, I was at least referenced on it. Uh, had I written a journal article, that thing would have been somewhere archived in the database somewhere. Bare, no, two people would have read it, people that yeah. basically were the peer reviewers, and then it would have seen never seen the light of day. This one goes all the way to the Supreme Court. So on one sense, you got the snobbery that goes, mm-hmm. Looks down their nose and says, this is no peer review. But then on the other hand, you go, yeah, well, it's red. How's that? Yeah. Um, on one hand, you can make some money. On the other hand, you can get a bullet point of some, you know, it serves as some kind of artifact of remembrance, a culture of remembrance. I wrote something, you know, it's yeah. kind of like you're 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how we establish pecking order in the academic world, I suppose. So how long we have CVMV. You know, you know if, and if students read these things, if they actually read these really arc, arcane things that people write, I would say, okay, more mind. power to you. Um, you know, there's this view that if, uh, if you write it, you should be compelled to write it and not compelled uh, at, for publisher parish reasons, but that you believe that the idea is important enough to get out. Right. Yeah. There. The idea is important for the, the idea's sake not for the sake of me getting tenure. Right. And when I say me getting tenure, I mean one getting tenure because our position at where I am, we don't have tenure. So, I mean, there's nothing I have, no hoop I have to jump through to get tenure here. Uh, I just need to not get fired. That's, that's a nice thing. Do um, your job. That's right. Man. As long as, right. as long as they have an accurate view about what your job is. That's right. Because a lot of Christian colleges think your job is to avoid student complaints. That's what it's reduced to. And then you get some uh, students in there and then they don't want to be challenged academically. They don't want someone calling them out for their, their poor work. Yeah. I worked at one of those for a time. And with the (laughs) regulations and stuff, you can always justify something. You can always, it's so highly regulated. It's even worse in K through 12. You have the title nine nonsense that Betsy DeVos, uh, put on pause thank god which look at the response that the democrats had for betsy devos and they they invented they invented the the title nine nonsense they invented all of that yes and it's it's class it's class title nine was classic violation of due process classic textbook i mean you you can't miss it you can't miss it and 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 uh the so-called civil rights uh, movement people, uh-huh. uh, we're we're totally against uh, fixing that. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I've been, you know, it's kind of, you know, you which know, means with, they're not really civil rights people. But let me yeah. say, so I've been pretty blessed here at this this call because the, um, on more than one occasion, I have been called into the office to give an account <laughs> for something I said to a sensitive student. Yeah. And, uh, uh, U.S. Uh, Marine. What a shocker. What a shocker. Oh, I know. It's like, did you really say this in class? And I say, <laughs> yes, go? I did. Yes, I did. Um, we like we like looking at you, Shannon. I love yeah, those glasses. I'm, oh, man. I can't, I can't <laughs> see myself in a mirror anymore without them. I'm like, you know, I remember back in the day, I used to be like, ah, perfect vision, well, man. Tenure. Ten, we give we have ju- judges have tenure for for good reason federal yes, judges so they, have lifetime tenure and the reason is is because um the motivation is great in well, practice i don't know if it is <laughs> the motivation is keeping from being political free the, from no political the, mo- the motivation is to keep them from not being political but from being i don't think you can avoid being political right. I, from being uh, unfair from being um, persuadable biased toward a party because you're always you're gonna we have an adversarial legal system right yes so there's two sides and the whole idea of a judge in our system is that the judge is not on either side but the uh is that really true 
You know, oh, when, the, yeah. when the federal prosecutors have 97% conviction rate, is that really true that the judge is not on either side? Well, separation of powers is if you chip away at the separation of powers, then the judge is not really uh, neutral because right. after all, the judge works for the government and the government is one of the sides in a prosecution, yes. in a criminal trial. Now, in a, in a civil trial, that's not necessarily the case, right? Yeah. Or, but you know, a lot of these uh, don't even go to trial. They, most of them don't go to trial. They they're plead out, just, yeah, because out, yeah. of the power the government has. Absolutely, and, just the threat of the yes. But the but the judge is the way it was designed is that they want the at least the possibility of a good person in there that can be fair, right? right. And you don't have that possibility if the judge is, is wondering, am I going to get fired over this? If so, then I need to be looking at my next gig and, oh, look, one of the parties in this case is hiring. That's That's right. That's a far worse. That's a far worse situation, but you're in a similar situation as a professor because you are now judging the student's work. Yes, you work for the university. Yes, you're part of the yes. Government. But you're, but you're, uh, and it's not exactly adversarial. It shouldn't be. Uh, of course, the student always argues for, the student is always biased toward a higher grade. I've never had a student complain. Well, actually, I did have one student who had Asperger's. He complained that I gave him too high of a grade. One student. He, I gave him an A, a minus. He said, I should have gotten a B plus. See, this, these are the numbers. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't complain. He came to me. He didn't complain officially. But I, how many people have gotten a B plus and they said they should have gotten an A minus and they made a federal case about it? I've lost count. I've lost. I did this once. I didn't like my grade. Okay, go. And uh, I went and I was like, I think this is an A paper. And I remember um, I saw a stack of papers and on there, um, there was an A paper on the same topic turned it in and i read through it and i went nope that's an a paper <laughs> my paper's a b plus paper when you write you're right thank you i stand corrected i am out of here and uh i learned a lesson i learned what an a paper looked like and i knew mine was not yeah and so it was um it was a humbling there, there, but beneficial experience there should be a, a process for students to go through an experience like that. That's more thought out. That's more well thought out than it is now. I mean, you accidentally had that experience, right? It wasn't part of a, uh, an orientation no. and the orientations no. they do now are totally be, they have nothing to do with academic excellence. There, there, there right. should be an orientation just, just on academic excellence. Like, why are you here? Right. Why are you here? You know? And by the way, I'm going to be walking through, if I was the president of the college, I'm going to be walking through the library on Friday. I want to see how crowded it is. And I already know it's not going to be crowded. And I already know if it is crowded, it's probably raining outside. And everybody, <laughs> I know what you're doing. You're on your devices. But why are you here? You know, really get them to fo focus on why are you here? Well, Have you ever excited. studied logic? Have you ever studied logic? Do you know even what an argument is? Yeah. Can you read Latin? What can you do? You know, and of course, the engineering people are like, well, let me show you. OK, well, I'm not maybe not talking about you, but, you know, but, you, know like, yeah. you see this building we're learning. In? 
I think we need to be more thoughtful. I remember having a similar feeling when I was, I was getting B's, B pluses on my papers in graduate school. I really wanted the A. And I remember uh, I had a professor, Craig Blomberg of New Testament. And um, I, I don't think I, he don't, I don't think I ever asked him. I never, I, I don't think I did. Maybe. No, well, I he's think he's a I false prophet it. anyway. <laughs> Well, you got to take the tell the story. Not really. We love. <laughs> He's not really not, false prophet. Not really, but that, there, there's context. Let me let me that. finish this. Uh, let me finish this story. I think um, I, I figured out. I can't remember how I figured it out. I really got to think about this. But I, I figured out that my footnotes weren't very good. Somehow oh, yeah. I figured this out, and I started using journals. Um, I was in the library, and I had the librarian. Can you imagine having a, a talking to the librarian? I know. Been. And I, I talked to the librarian and I said, show me where these, these journals are. And he took mm -hmm. me to where the, the, their, their journals, <laughs> physical, yeah, they're objects you can hold in your hand. And I, I was like, oh, this is new Testament studies. Oh, it goes all the way back. And, oh, this is, this is uh, Cambridge, this and that, and this is uh, Bibliotheca Sacra and, you know, this, and, and I started popping in reading some of these journal articles that had to do with my topic and going deeper and then citing those in my footnotes a bam yeah. and I, I cracked the code but i it took work on my part but i was in the military i and when i was in i was 18 years old a week out of high school i was in boot camp uh i was getting yelled at and screamed at and being called a mule ass bitch and <laughs> uh you know i and i had to get my crap together that's actually I'm not saying I do have my crap together. Obviously I don't, but, but, you know, but I, to, 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 <laughs> I, as opposed to my other high schoolers that were smoking pot and uh, getting high and staying up till 3 a.m. over the summer, I was, I was up at 3 a.m. All right. In San Diego <laughs> yeah. and, and the, the Marines across the fence were definitely up because I could hear them <laughs> and, you know, they never shut up. They were constantly marching and, and yelling and uh, anyway, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a different attitude. I was like, how do I figure this out? There's got it. I, it's not me. I was con I was confident that it wasn't that he hated me. Why would he hate me? Right. I, I mean, if you got a chip on your shoulder and you constantly think people hate me, uh, I've heard that people hate me because of, uh, I, uh, because I have a darker skin tan or whatever, or, or uh, because my last name is this, or my hair is frazzled or whatever. And then you're going to have, you're not going to ever go through that process of, wait, hold on. Let me really take a close look. Cause it's always going to be somebody else's fault. It's always going to be the system's fault. It's not going to be my fault. Yeah. Deadly room for personal growth. You can't, you know, you can't do anything. Uh, my, just want to let you know, if I pop out of you here, it's because the, uh, my thing here is losing batteries. Pretty okay bad. all right well you want to wrap this up let's uh, uh i want to keep going i'm having a great time but i just want to let you know that it, it could die at any second <laughs> okay and it, it the last time it went down it said you know this thing is uh out of batteries got like three percent left so okay so but well, we want to have but, you on a lot so you know man i like it um, last time oh very good one. curtis i'm loving your background that's hey, awesome that's not virtual, by the way. That's a that's a snippet those, of my own personal library. Those are real books. That's those right. They're, really they're real. I can actually open, you know, I can open it up and Curtis is in Texas too. 
pull out the uh, yeah that's, that's awesome that's a good thing well welcome home and one day we'll get you out here you know i have to say too i when you pulled that other one i, I, yeah. I was like oh yeah. i have that but i didn't wow. want to get up to let to me tell you hardcover. that thing was so valuable when i first started taking philosophy and oh, absolutely I mean, every word in every sentence, there'd be a word I'd have to look up in the dic- in that dictionary. Yeah. And I'd have to read a whole article mm-hmm. on one <laughs> word. On a word. And That's right. Like, oh my God, man. This is like, I'm never going to get through this. That's how it's done, though. <laughs> it's done little, it's done push up by push up. This is and what no, is no way to get around writing. It. <laughs> Yeah, That's I remember right. thinking, That's you right. know, I remember having a discussion with Guyvet. We all love Guyvet, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Doug Guyvet. He is he, a distinguished professor. Of oh, philosophy. absolutely. Uh, um, absolutely. He, he, he was the one that introduced me to the idea of what you just said. Like, no, no how you write concisely is you understand oh, yeah. the entire work yeah. behind uh-huh. why we have that word. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Whoa, it blew my mind. But Thank that's you. then that's what I did. Had to read everything. We got to have an episode just on the Guybet Pracy. Oh, totally. totally. <clears throat> yeah. If you, if you know, you know. That's right. I've got some stories about that one. <laughs> I, left, I didn't leave your podcast. I am looking for. We like looking at your butt, Shannon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, I do a lot of work, but. Uh... <laughs> you had some work done on it. Yeah, got those implants finally. <laughs> look at that. Uh, here, let, let's see if we can find the. I'm trying to get this. Thing, I see man. something. Oh, there, oh, there it is. Go. Oh, cool. You know, nice. Oh, what is that? That's oh, epistemology. That's my epistemology uh, course pack from 2000 uh, from our Doug Guyvet. And Doug I still would be proud right now. When I teach, my class is uh, on epistemology whenever I get an opportunity, whether it be here or the University of St. Thomas, mostly there because uh, I'm in government here. But uh, that I still will go back and make reference to that and show my students. I, this is one thing I um, going back to students, you know, I ask these students, they go, how many of you keep your books now? Of course, they've, books are now online and they rent uh, books now. Yeah. And that's. And so That's it's like crazy. you can't keep your own that library you have behind you is is representative of your education of things that you accumulated. And um idiots. Students, idiots. I mean, I, I still have Mounts's Greek on my shelf <clears> and the Brown Bridge. Sure. Yep. And and Art Bauer and Gingrich because and I have them in hard copies. There you go. Why? Because they're part of you know, I and but you talk to students nowadays and they're like, they can't even sell their books. They're just throwing them. Away. Some of them are like, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, they don't read. The, they don't yeah, read. They read in the first place. They're not curious. That's the problem. They're curious. They're not curious. Yeah. You know, it's I, was, I was insatiably curious. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think the reason here, uh, because we valued, we valued our discipline for the discipline's sake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and we didn't value it just to get a job or just to get a piece of paper. Right. Okay. And some of my go, are you here to get an education? Are you here to get a degree? 
and I make a distinction. One is a piece of paper. One is what that paper is supposed to represent. That's right. And, unfor and unfortunately, um, most of them will, if they're honest, will admit they're there for the degree more than that than they're there for the education yeah. but there are curious people and those are the people who belong yeah. here <clears throat> that's true but it, but of course all, the there always are some yes that's true now, don't get me wrong um our job to mine out the cave to find that gem means we're gonna have to be getting rid of a lot of rocks or mm -hmm. going through a lot of rocks to, yeah. to get to those gems um and if it weren't for those rocks that we have to mine through we wouldn't have a job there's just not enough gems there's too many miners and not enough gems mm -hmm. and if it were all gems i mean if if we just if if none of the uncurious people even went to school we wouldn't have work you know yeah. we'd be students we'd get our That's true. degree and go. we wouldn't be professors we'd be in another field we'd be highly educated and we'd still be curious, uh, but we'd be practitioners be of something else. Yeah, well, probably still are anyway. <laughs> Shannon, I think it'd be a cool topic for the future to have you on uh, as someone who's taking taken epistemology and then gone uh -huh. and studied into government and other areas. And what that what mm. that did for you, having that background oh, in epistemology, because I've definitely got theories about that. Oh no, he's gone. <laughs> oh, I think he, his phone, his, his computer died. He died. Okay. Well, I'm glad he gave us the heads up on that, but that's a great, that would be a great topic. And I, I could yeah. see he, he, he got to what you were asking. That's right. Um, that would be great. Well, I'm going to cut this off right here and uh, I'm just going to pause it so we can stay on you and me. Okay. We'll, we'll, okay. See you next time.